Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Linda McCollum, retired educator with two master's degrees, who has had a lifetime of unexplained paranormal experiences like contact with light beings, angels, and more. Linda, thank you for joining me today and welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Linda, right from the beginning of your life, you started having contact as a baby. Can you tell us about that? When I first arrived as a child, I was in my crib. I would see this light um, in the ceiling, and obviously I didn't have language, so it had to be telepathically. And children, if you, I'm sure you know, children often can see the other side. And like, I don't remember seeing anything except the light. But I said, you know, with my teddy bear, I'm crunching my teddy bear, and I'm crunching my doll. And I really don't like it here. <laughs> I want to come home. And the light said, you can't come home. You signed a contract to come to Earth. Earth's a very hard school. But you chose it. And this is where you have to stay. And then as I got language, and I continued to talk to the light, I would tell people, and they would just kind of like, you know, okay, you saw the light. Kids don't see lights. They don't talk to lights. He must be imagining it. Mm-hmm. And then approximately at three, I think this particular light was a reincarnation. But I don't really know, but I know it's different than the light that I'll talk about later. But that light at three, according to my babysitter, it was three. She said, just one day I started saying, uh, to who he did it. And I, and she went, oh, you have an imaginary friend? And I said, uh, at three, I don't really know what I said, except uh, I see a light. And he told me his name is Tahuti. Well, at that time, I didn't know who Tahuti was. But he turns out to be an Egyptian god after 45 years of using the word as kind of a joke, like, Tehuti did it, you know. And he goes, that's his Egyptian name. But some reason we call him most of the time by his English name, which is Thoth, which is T-H-O-T-H. And um, so for years, I just used his name just as kind of a joke. I mean... You know, I still would have communication a little bit, but not much. It tapered off, I guess, probably because I was not seeing the veil anymore and seeing the other side. I don't really know. At 14, 
I was in my bedroom and seven beings appeared and my room looked like somebody had turned on a spotlight. I mean, everything in my room, I spent so long. I, it wasn't really glowing, I don't think, but it just lit up. And these beings came in white robes and they said, you know, I have to come with, you have to come with us. And I guess I didn't think to argue with them. <laughs> I didn't seem like I had much control over it, but they weren't threatening, even though apprehensive. Um, and we went out my bedroom window or through the wall, however we did it. And I lived in a small cul-de-sac on a lake in Michigan. And uh, I just flew over my neighborhood. They took you out of your body? I don't know if it was out of the body. All I know is that I went with them. Whether it was an OBE, I don't know. But I was with them. Um, and at that time, I didn't even know what that word that was. And we traveled. Like I said, over the neighborhood, over the lake, and the higher we got, we went through stars. Uh, then it was dark for a really minute time, and then I ended up in a a round room, and I don't know who opened the door, but I ended up in a door in a room that was just pristine white. Not really glowing, but very, very white. And there were only two things in the room. One was, I guess, like a viewing bowl. It was huge, or big anyway, in the room. And the light. And the light was so bright, but yet I wasn't afraid. And he told me, and this is really crazy since I've looked up what the chosen one means, but he said, you're a chosen one. And from now on, we're going to have meetings or we're going to have lessons. And from then on, even today, occasionally, I go home now. I go home and he tells me something, but at that point, it was like a trigger if I heard this, either an owl or a pigeon, some kind of hooting noise, a cooing noise. Somehow I was transformed with a light. Who was the being that told you that you're the chosen one? Was it one of the seven or a different being that no, was there? It's what I call the light. I'm guessing most of you would call him God, but God is, I'm not comfortable just using God. Because he's the universal light. He's what we all come from. Or he or she. Sorry to put a sex. I don't, I just call it the light. And there's no face. There's no body. It's just a light. He communicates telepathically. Several years, I got married, had a family, adopted a couple kids. Raised one granddaughter most of my life, raised another granddaughter, 
My adopted children were but now they're both very successful in doing what they need to do. My other two daughters became impaired, and so they still live with us. But so for years, he just kept telling me when it was time I would remember. And then probably in the last 10 years, things just really started happening. It's like now I've talked to spirits. The council has always stayed with me, the seven beings. And they turned out to be light orbs. When I go home, home is undescribable. It's colors that you'll never see, that I haven't seen on earth. And I also do art. And everything is a, a vibration. And it's just really hard to explain, but everything is one there. I mean, the flowers, the grass, they communicate to you, but they communicate as a oneness and love and peace. So they're not saying, hi, Linda, how you doing? But it let me know I'm safe and that this is home. When you were 14, after you had this initial contact with the light beings, did you tell anybody? And if so, how did your family react? Well, I got labeled crazy. And I got to go to a lot of shrinks. Sorry, psychiatrist is the proper word. And they would give me pills and try to make me normal. And the one person right after the encounter said to me, are your parents part of the Ku Klux Klan? And I'm like, you would have to meet my dad. Our house has always got a stranger in it. Uh, we take care of people that need help. And I said, if my dad's part of the Ku Klux Klan, I think that would be a big stretch. Um, but my dad was one not to really judge. My mom was really, this can't be real. That can't be right. There's something wrong with you. So I quit telling people. I told very few people. And then the older I got, I got tired of hiding it. And, and just if someone contacted me, I've had contacts with multiple spirits. And when they need help or someone on earth needs help, they'll ask me a question. Maybe I'm on a group, a group chat or something. And they'll ask if they can message me. And then from there, all I do is ask them the person's name and their birthday. And it's, it's kind of like the spirits are saying, gee, I'm glad somebody finally asked me. Because I am here and I do want to talk to them. They don't understand how I'm talking to them. And then they'll tell me something they've done 
and I'll go back to the person and I'll say, has this happened in your house? And they'll go, yeah, why? I say, because whoever I'm channeling, I don't charge her. I just do it when people ask me. And they'll say, yeah, why? And I'll say, so-and-so said you're not listening. They want to talk to you, but you have you have to understand spirits communicate in various ways, maybe through a light switch. Electricity is one of the one ways they communicate. If you have a pet and your pet is staring out in space, probably your loved one's there. So emerging from not talking about it to now talking about it safely with it took well as you know it took me a while to even commit to you to say I'll do it and it's not that I didn't want to do it but then there seemed to be an urgency from my guides and from the light and the light said it's time to start teaching so that's what I'm trying to do can you tell us about how you first started contacting or maybe the angel contacted you but your first contact with the angel i i do a meditation but because like i said everything i've learned i've taught myself and the one thing i'm sure of there are negative beings i don't want to call them demons but sometimes they're like poltergeist or something whatever whatever name you want to give to them but they don't always speak the truth. And so I create this bubble around myself. And the angel, I just asked, do I have an angel? And my spirits and my angels, they talk to me like I'm talking to you. Most of the time, they just talk to me. Sometimes they will give me kind of a jigsaw thing that i got to figure out. But the angel just, I asked for guidance from the light. If I had an angel, would they show me who it was? And Michael, whether he's the archangel or whoever he is, his name is Michael and he carries a big sword. And he's very authoritative and he's direct to the point. He tells me, if I want to know something, uh, he talks to me. And the five guides I have all stem from various things, like the one is a Native American that I met as a child and didn't understand who he was. Um, I have two that I don't know where they came from exactly, but they are two different personalities. And then I have one that's uh, actually an alien. <laughs> Looks to be an alien. And then I have John. So it's kind of funny. I went to a psychic years and years ago before I came to Florida. And when I was leaving, she said, you brought him here. You take him back with you. And I said, sure. She was a friend also. 
I said, so you tell me what they look like. And so she, she described my guides. And so how I got them, I don't know. Just one by one, they would identify themselves. The light beings who came in my room, I didn't know they were light beings until many years later. And then when I was at home, they basically took off the robes and they said, you don't need these robes. These robes are for people that don't understand us. Um, and they turned out to be orbs who also communicate with me. But when I do a meditation, I'm in my protective bubble. They're there. If I don't get my answers from my, my group, I ask permission to go home. And the light. So far, he's never denied me to come home. So, And when I get there, I travel through this wondrous place. And then I go to the light. And I go to a beautiful library. A very unusual library. I don't know if this is the Kashik library that Casey talks about. But the books are very unique. In what way are they unique? Oh, they're just the first shelf or basically the first level are scrolls. A typical scroll like you would think of in ancient times. Second shelf is books like you might find in the library. And then the higher shelf um, look like VHSs. But when you take them down, and this is true for the scrolls, the books, whatever, when you open up any of them, they're not a story of John Smith or Susie Jones. They show a complete time or a complete civilization. So they're times and eras, and then the light will tell me if there's something I need to know. Recently, I was very apprehensive because the light said he wanted me to open a scroll. And I'd never opened one on my own. He had shown them, but he said he wanted me to open it. And it was a scroll that was a red seal with an A on it. And when I opened it, it looked a lot like Earth, but there were no people. And the sky was purple. And there were vehicles, I guess. There was something flying around. And the light said, this is what you need to know. There are multiple universes. And this is another universe. Or gal he used universe. The same, the book that he has that's different from the library, if I do a meditation, sometimes he'll open that book up. One lady was afraid that she had broken rules with her family, okay, about religion. Even though I told her, you know, 
the light. It doesn't really care what religion you are. It's how you live your life. But I went home, and he actually opened up his book, and he said, tell her she's right here. And he pointed to the book and showed me the person I was meditating for. So the library is has has pillars. I don't really see walls and things like Sylvia Brown talks about. But I see the library, and if I need to see a book, the light gets it down for me. You mentioned that the that it has pillars. Would you say that it looked like something from ancient Greece or Rome? Definitely. Definitely. The pillars, if you had to give a name to the Roman Greco or or like the Catalan, I'm not sure I pronounced that right. Mm-hmm. But um they definitely are ancient uh pillars or what we would think is ancient pillars here on earth. Um, I don't really see walls so much. It's, it's, there are shelves, but is there a big ceiling? Is there big hallways? And do I have to check out a book or anything? No. It's, it's, it's just a library that I've been seeing. I used to call it the, a library of knowledge, but maybe it's, is the Akashic Library? I don't know. But the light is always there. And we don't always open a book. Usually we just talk like you and me. He greets me by saying, welcome home, child. Do you have a question? And then we talk. And I know this... No wonder they called me crazy, huh? But it's real. It's really, it's real. I mean, I've talked to spirits. I, I Like one person committed suicide and some, it was a brother or somebody. And she said, can you talk to him? I said, I'll try. And like I said, they want to talk. They're with us. And we don't understand that, I don't think. Um, and he showed me where he hung himself. He showed he showed me a desk. But the whole point of the story is then I went back there to talk to his wife, who I didn't know. Somebody else, his sister had asked me to go there. And he said, I failed my family. This was during the Gulf oil spill. And he owned a business on the water. And they were losing it because of the spill. And so the sister asked me to go tell his wife. I got there, and the beam he showed me he hung himself on was gone. But when I stood in that room, this huge table, mammoth's table, looked like a very, maybe an antique. It was big. I could hear voices coming out of it. And it was, it freaked me out. And, but then I saw the black desk and he had told me to tell his wife to open it. 
but the wife, the business was open, but there was nobody in there. And I could, I kept yelling for her to, her name and say, yeah, I need to talk to you. But I left. And so I got the sister and I said, I can't find your sister-in-law. But here's, I did find the desk. Tell her to open it. I said, but something's wrong. The beam's gone where he hung himself. And she just gasped when she said, when he killed himself, she couldn't stand to be in the business and see the beam. She had it removed. I said, another strange thing was this table talking to me. I mean, not like the table got up and started melting everything, but voices came out of it. And she said, that's almost impossible, too. She said, that's been our family for over 100 years. We brought it from Europe, and we made ropes on it. And I'm assuming you saw my heard my relatives and the workers as they as they wove the whatever however you make a rope. Uh, they were sitting around the table talking. So she called the sister-in-law. She opened up the desk, and there was a letter in there that he had told me he had forgot to mail it, and that was the way they got they would decompensate compensation from uh, golf oil spills to maybe save their business. The last I heard from any of them, the sister said, sister, the, the person that killed themselves, sister said, they mailed it. And that's the last I heard. I don't know if they saved their business, but that's how things come. I mean, the spirits, they just talk to me. When you go home now, do you do it through meditation or how do you travel there? Normally I put myself in the bubble. I can't explain the bubble. Just somewhere along the line as I was learning things. I was told to protect myself before I went into meditation. So whenever I do a meditation, Although I get it's hard to do, but I sit on the floor, cross my legs, and light a candle and ask for protection from the light. And I go into my imaginary bubble. It's real to me, of course. And I invite my counsel, I invite my guides and my angel. And nobody else can be in there unless I'm meditating with my granddaughter, who's very much like me. She sees being, she doesn't see, she's never seen the beings that I see, but we can be 1,500 miles apart, and we have communicated. Uh, she's an engineering student now, just got one to the university, but she's able to communicate, like if I have a question and I want to validate it, I'll ask her, she'll meditate with me in the bubble. So that's how I go home. And sometimes she goes in the bubble with me. And we don't talk about things. We just telepathically are able to understand each other. When when she was a before she started school, we we played 
games about math and stuff. And so she's always been with me. She's, I think she's been with me in multiple lives. And because of circumstances, her family life wasn't conducive to raising her. And so she's been living with me most of my life. And somehow I think we are connected. I, so the bubble, I go there. If for some reason Michael can't answer the question, the guides can't help, I will just ask to go home. And then, like I've said before, I just end up in this, this beautiful place. And it's full of light. I don't, love is not really, I know most people use the word love. They feel so loved. I just feel so comfortable. It feels just like I said, it's home. I feel like everything there is vibrating oneness and love, I guess, is how some people would describe it. But it's just the colors. I've often thought I'd like to try to paint it. And maybe someday I'll get around to it. But the water, every drop of water has a vibration, a music that you just know that everything is safe and comfortable. And then I'm guided, well, not guided. I don't know how I get to light. All of a sudden, with the orbs and stuff, I'm there. And the light, and I just talk. Can you talk a little bit more about how our loved ones on the other side are just right here and they're trying to communicate with us, but we just don't recognize it? Well, I'll tell you kind of a funny story first. Um, I like to have a drink. And I went on a cruise and I was in a dining room. And before I left, my sister was joking. She said, you know, you better not have a drink on that cruise because daddy will tip it over. Because daddy never drank, so we were always respected not having liquor in the house when we had dinners and things. I'll be darned. We got a fancy little room on the cruise just for my husband and I for our anniversary. And I had this fancy little goblet. And all of a sudden, that goblet just flipped right on over for no reason. And I said, I got it, Dad, but I'm still going to have a drink. I'll be careful. So that's, and daddy comes quite often. Mom kind of stays away. We couldn't quite communicate on earth and we have a little trouble communicating now. She comes occasionally. But to answer it directly, spirits are, are with us all the time. And oftentimes we're afraid. We think they're judging us. I can't say they don't judge us. I mean, they're still the same person they were when they left. But maybe you're sitting in your bedroom and all of a sudden you might see uh, a shadow move by. And you go, did something move or didn't it move? So 
if you just plain say, if you have a person that's just nearly passed or someone you've been trying to contact, just ask and say, is this you, John? I'd love to talk to you. And if you listen, either they will communicate telepathically or they'll turn on a light. In my case, I have one that took me a long time to try to figure out who it was. I could feel something setting on my bed. I could see the blanket indented until I said, okay, who are you? What do you want? It turned out to be someone that was in the hospital and a loved one that wanted me to see if I could help them. They communicate through tipping something over. Um, electronics are the way they usually communicate. So when I do a meditation to make sure that they don't interfere, electronics seem to interfere with getting what I feel clear communication sometimes. So I will turn, if I'm doing a meditation, I'll turn it off. But if you're a person reaching out for somebody, maybe your phone's going to ring for no apparent reason. Maybe they like to watch uh, an old movie like Bonanza or something. Maybe your TV will all of a sudden, Bonanza will be coming on next. And it's not a coincidence. It's them saying, remember? So it's very subtle things. Um, maybe you'll pass by a bakery and all of a sudden in the window is their favorite dessert. So you have to be open and believe that they're there. Most recently, a lady from, from Barcelona saw me on... Um, just a near-death channel, and she asked if I could help her. And I got so many mixed signals, so I actually called her. She said, call in Barcelona, so I did. And I said, was your mother very kind of a, a tough case where she was always upset? And did she smoke? I said, because she's very unhappy. Your dad, on the other hand, is showing me love. And she said, oh, my God. She said, Mom was always upset, and she smoked all the time. I said, well, she's showing me some kind of beads. And she said, she don't want to talk to anybody right now. She's not mad. She just doesn't want to talk now. Well, I lost, my daughter lost her fiancé, and so I went for a ride and all of a sudden she texts me and she said, I think my mother's here. She said, I smell her smoke. Oh, I have to back up. The mother told me there were some beads she had to find. And the woman said, there are no beads. So I thought there were rosaries or something. So when she called, text me about two months later, she said, 
Mom's here. I can smell her smoke. She's turning on faucets. She's being annoying with lights. Um, but I found the beads. The mother obviously had bought some beads before she passed. They were still on the package, but she never had a chance to give them. She never had a chance to give them to the daughter. And the daughter one day went in a room recently and found a package. And there wasn't any note, but she showed me the picture of the of the beads. And they were the beads I described to her. So sometimes they just don't want to talk to you right now. But don't give up because they're like us. They have bad days and good days. And maybe they're just not ready. You mentioned negative entities. What about shadow people? Are they negative or positive? In my case, they're just kind of like messengers. I mean, they don't really communicate anything. Usually it means something's going to happen. It might, it might mean that somebody in our house is going to get sick. Uh, it might mean that uh, someone's going to contact me about a spirit. Um, and they don't do anything. They're just around. And most people consider them negative because I think in the Bible they talk about the fallen angels or something. and. They show up as negative. I, I don't know. But mine are just like a wisp of smoke or something. They just, I feel something near me and then something messes on. And sometimes I'll ask my husband, did you feel anything? Did you see anything? And most of the time it's no. But, and then something will happen. And like I said, I just lost, oh, uh, my daughter went home and found her fiance dead. And they, it wasn't from drugs, but they're thinking it was a heart attack. This about three weeks ago now. And um, I had been having a real anxious feeling or like something was going to happen. And he was an ex-Marine SEAL healthy as far as we know. And I don't know if that's what the shadow people came for, but he did die. And I did a reading for him about a year ago about his experience in pollution. I think he's in Afghanistan, but I'm not sure. And he was a sniper. So I don't know if that was what it was, but then I was on a show doing a Zoom and he always wore a hat. And when I was on the Zoom meeting, I had said, I've just lost this person. I hope he joins the meeting. Well, as somebody else was talking, this baseball cap kept showing up in the background when this other guy was talking. I kept trying to logic it out that oh it's a it was a palm tree, that it was maybe a coconut or a leaf. But I'm pretty sure it was Nick saying, I'm here. 
and the baseball cap moved like three or four times in the background and whether it was Nick, I don't know, but he always had a Marine baseball cap. So they communicate and these shadow people, again, like everything in my life, I have to play it by ear because I taught myself Reiki. I had no clue it was Reiki until I met a couple of Reiki masters. And they said, how long have you been doing Reiki? I'm like, uh, what's that? But I've been doing hands-on healing, not curing people, but if someone has a backache or something, can find the energy and remove the negative energy. And for the most part, it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but for most people, it works. So as the shadow people, to me, they are just messengers. Um, just to let me know something may be going to happen. So I've heard that there's supposed to be demons and there's supposed to be this and supposed to be that. Maybe some people, shadow people are, I don't know. I just did a meditation with my one granddaughter who's 14 because she was seeing a shadow person in her room. And I asked the person to leave because he was scaring her. And she didn't tell me what he looked like. And then when I was done meditating, I said, is this what your shadow person looks like? And she said, yes. I said, whoever he is, he says he's a protector. His initial starts with a D. And that he's someone that your dad, my son, knew in a past life. Either this life, but either way, he's in spirit form now, and he refuses to leave. And shortly after that, she got grounded for breaking some rules. <laughs> so maybe that's why he was there. But, and I even asked the wife to have him leave. She said, he said, he's not going to leave. He's been assigned to be with her. And... So I told her that. I said, you don't need to be fearful of him, but he's going to stick around. So I hope that answered your question a little bit. I kind of ramble, I know. No, you did great. Can you tell us any more that you know about reincarnation? Often people think, well, depending on your religious preferences, that once you're gone, you're gone. But I disagree. I have two biological daughters and two adopted daughters, or two adopted children that were severely abused. And yet, I, they became part of our family. And my youngest daughter, who's biological, she has told me of reincarnation. I probably have about 15 that I've documented. And the thread, you don't have to come back when you die, but you choose to come back. You come back for some reason. And I think my reason for coming back, in Ethiopia, I was a black warrior. And it doesn't look like a black warrior, but, you know, I was. 
And as it progressed, I found myself wearing a prayer hat. Don't know what religion, but it looked like a prayer hat. And the children were all around me. And I was teaching them that you have to learn how to protect yourself. But the most important thing is love and learning to live and honor your fellow man. The person that I told you about that scared me all my life, the ghost, and my father died, I went to my old bedroom. I said, hey, it's about time. You tell me who you are. And he's, I said, you've been scaring me for 60-some years, you know? And now you've become a spirit, I guess. But I don't know. Uh, who are you? And he said, when I was with my tribe, he gave me their name. I can't remember. It's written down someplace. He said, we were called the ancient ones. And he said, you ascended in a, uh, on a cloud. You taught my people many things. And then when you were done teaching, you just ascended back on a cloud. Um, so many different lives, like Native Americans of in Europe, of obviously Egypt. But the stories that I get, especially when you go to the Christian Bible, I've been fighting all my life to say, hey, Christ was a teacher. And so I think you get reincarnated to try to make people understand or to at least maybe you're the one that needs a lesson. I don't know. You come back to teach. And the threat in my teaching from reincarnation and from the light is that no matter if you can only give a smile, and you give a smile. If if you can take their hand and help them over a bump in the road, take their hand. If you're rich, donate money. But if the reincarnation, I know it exists because my daughter told me one at three. She told me one at 14. So I know we reincarnate. And I mean, a very famous murder case that little person came to me and explained exactly what happened to her. And I've been able to document from films and things, everything she's told me. And I think the other thing is we keep coming back to teach people not to judge. We don't say if someone's doing something wrong, that it's okay. But if in any way you can teach them how to help themselves and accept them, you do it. And that's why at most of my holidays, I have a stranger at my table. 
not on purpose, but I just meet somebody that needs a place to go for dinner. So reincarnation, I think, is just a learning step. And I think my lessons from the light has been first talk to deal with um with people. And now he's taught me how to communicate and connect with the spirits to help people understand that we are one and we have to go home. And you may stay there. Or you may come back again, but it's your choice. And if you're evil on earth, then I don't think you're going to pop right back here. The light's not going to give you a medal, but I think the light will welcome you home. And he'll hopefully show you what to do. And maybe you won't be allowed to reincarnate. Maybe you'll be there to do something else. They don't think there's a fiery pit where he lets something he's created and made beautiful. I don't think he's going to watch him scream and yell and be in a pit. I don't think our God would do that. Our light is not that. Now, you also had some type of premonition about what happened on January 6th. In Washington, right? Yes. I was getting very, very nervous. And I hate the idea of everybody saying they're Democrats and they're Republicans. They got to get us either head. The United States is going to perish if we don't hurry up, figure out that we're one and we better get back together. So I went into my bubble and I asked, is it something? I know something's going to happen, and it's not good. And Michael, like I said, he's 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 not one to tell us be quiet. He he talks, and in this case, he took over the meditation. He said, "Yes, it's going to be very bad." He said, "People will be hurt." Is something that we've never, like I said, he doesn't just talk in sentences, but telepathically he told me. And then when I don't seem to get the point, he uses his sword and he puts words on it. And he just kept flashing the word danger, danger, danger. And what he told me, that there would be two bombs found in Washington, D.C. And of course, that really scared me because most of my things come true. When a spirit comes to me and they tell me something, I know it's going to happen. I mean, we get a whole progress on that even. <laughs> but, and he said, there'll be two bombs, but there's no danger because there's no cleanup. And I said, how can you have a bomb if there's no cleanup? It doesn't make sense. On January 6th, I don't know if it was on the 6th or if it was prior to the 6th, the day before. What I heard from the news, they found two bombs that were act that should have blown up 
but they were outside the Democratic headquarters, I think. And they found them, confiscated them, I'm guessing. And, but for some reason, they didn't blow up. And he gave me another premonition. But at this point, I choose not to talk on that one. Um, so I think the light is sending everybody messages, but we just aren't listening. Because without the light, we have to understand we're all particles. And those particles all come from the same place. If you want to call it God, if you want to call it Muhammad, if you want to call it whatever, call it. But then live by the real teachers. Don't live by boxed religion. Because boxed religion was written by man to control man. They took the teacher's words and they turned them into their words. We need to understand everybody has something to give and something can be a wave. It can be a smile. So that premonition did come true and I have many more that came through. But just open your just think of yourself as one of the universe. And if you study any religions, there is a book out that actually compares five different great teachers and what they teach. And they're all saying the same thing. Linda, after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open to that? And if so, how should they reach you? I'm open to the questions. I, I guess, can you post something on your site to reach me through face, Facebook or something? Well, I, can put, I can put something in the video description. What would you like me to put? This is all new to me. I mean, like any, I don't want to give you my email, but like a link to... My name or something? Or we can put like a link to your Facebook profile. We can put your email address. Okay, a link to my profile, but I use the name Linda McCollum. But if they go to Facebook, it'll be Linda McCollum DeLong. Okay. And then just, you know, message me. I'm more than willing to help you look for, guide you. I mean, if, if you... If they choose to go off on a tangent, I'll try to understand, but um, I will answer their questions. They might not like them, but I believe in what I've told you. And um, But like I said, I've been doing this, getting messages from people, asking for help for probably three years now. And I just do it on the near-death sites or international something or other for near-death and transformation. So if they reach out to me on, I guess it's called Messenger, 
um, that's fine too. Um, because like I said, I don't know why, but the light has made it very clear that I need to start getting the word out. So if it helps doing the video, getting the word out, you can disagree with me. And I can disagree with you, but I'm more than welcome to take your questions. Linda, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Remember that you're one and give whatever you can in love and acceptance to your fellow man. Linda, thank you for that message and thank you for being my guest. Thank you for having me. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.